I think everybody knows the TV series Cheers, and if you don't, then A, you died before 1982, or B, you are less than 20 years old, or C, you've never watched television. Cheers ran for 11 seasons on NBC from 1982 until 1993, and then it was the number one syndicated comedy during the 90s on cable television. That was until Friends came around, and what a stupid show that was. I hated Friends. But anyway, those of my generation, Cheers, that was our comedy, just like MASH belonged to the generation right before us. Friends, the generation after. I don't know what's wrong with those people. Anyway, every Thursday night it was must-see TV, and the days before the DVR and when recording on a VHS VCR was a pain in the tuchus. At college, at grad school, at bars, everybody would sit down together and watch the adventures of Boston bar owner Sam Mayday Malone, a washed-up yet roguishly handsome retired Red Sox relief pitcher, and his love interest, Diane Chambers, the perennial graduate student-slash-terrible waitress. There was Carla Tortelli, an Italian-American bulldog of a barmaid and a single mother to an unknown quantity of offspring. Now, behind the bar, there was Sam's former coach, Ernie Pantuso, who during his playing career took one too many beanballs to the melon, and later on, Woody Boyd, a country bumpkin from Indiana who somehow or another ended up in New England. Regarding the regular customers, there was three that really stood out. Norm Peterson, the dumpy henpecked and put-up-on accountant, who vicariously lived his life through Sam's exploits while quaffing beer after beer at his regular seat at the end of the bar. There was the pompous, arrogant, self-loving psychiatrist, Fraser Crane, who was engaged to Diane, but she left him at the altar in Italy, and for some reason, he decided that it was a good idea to keep hanging around the bar that reminded him of the woman where he met her, who broke his heart. What a dork. But perhaps the most memorable character was the know-it-all. I've always got an answer for that. United States postal worker Cliff Clavin. Never fear, in the age before Google, if you needed an answer to a question, all you had to do was call Clavin. In Season 1, Episode 9, on a frigid day in Boston, Diane asked Norm how one could drink ice-cold beer in freezing weather. Norm says, Cliff, explanation please. Diane says, now how do you know he has one? To which Norm replied, Five bucks says he does, ten says it's a doozy. Well, Cliff responded, Well, now, when the British ruled the Punjab, uh, they drank steaming hot pots of tea on the hottest days of the year to balance out their inside and outside temperatures. See, conversely, drinking an ice-cold beverage on a cold day results in a more comfortable body temperature. To which Diane responds, So why do you drink ice-cold beer on a hot day? And Cliff replies, what else are you going to do with it? But the one quote that everyone remembers from Cliff is the buffalo herd theory. It goes, well, now you see, Norm, it's like this. A herd of buffalo can only move as fast as the slowest buffalo. And when the herd is hunted, it is the slowest and weakest ones at the back that are killed first. Now, this natural selection is good for the herd as a whole because the general speed and health of the whole group keeps improving by the regular killing off of the weakest members. Now, in much the same way, the human brain can only operate as fast as the slowest brain cells. 
An excessive intake of alcohol, as we know, kills brain cells, but naturally it attacks the slowest and weakest brain cells first. In this way, regular consumption of beer eliminates the weaker brain cells, making the brain a faster and more efficient machine. And that's why you always feel smarter after a few beers. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Everyone remembers watching the episode where he says that. Even I did. Except for one thing. It never happened. It isn't on any of the show. Not anywhere. Nowhere. It's not. It's an urban myth. I know. I was sure it was true, too. I'm sorry I've ruined your day. Oh, and by the way, there's no such thing as Santa Claus, either. This is episode 26. Welcome to the Brews Traveler, exploring the craft beer scene across North America, one craft brewery at a time. And now here's your host, the man who gets more MPP, that's miles per pint, than anybody, Alan Tatman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brews Traveler. Thank you for finding us out here in the podcasting universe. I hope all of you had a most wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And first, I want to thank everyone for all the get well wishes over last week. I am feeling absolutely so much better. Thank you for your your thoughts and concerns. Thanksgiving is behind us, and tomorrow night here in Jefferson City, we'll have the mayor's tree lighting ceremony on Bolivar Street just outside the pub. Um, Hanukkah starts next Sunday, or not next Sunday, this Sunday, December 2nd. Christmas is just four weeks away, and 2019 is just right around the corner. But got me thinking, looking back on the year, what a great year we've had with the Bruce Traveler so far. New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Chicago, Nashville, Atlanta, Mississippi, Arkansas, St. Louis, Kansas City, and all points in between. We even took a trip over to Ireland. Some great breweries. I'm heading east this time. Next week, I'm going to be in Indianapolis at Broad Ripple Brew Pub this coming Monday night. Tuesday night, I'll be at East End Brewing in Pittsburgh. And later in the week, I'll be stopping into Dogfish Head Brewing in Delaware, Mountain State Brewing in West Virginia, and Against the Grain Brewing in Louisville. So follow the Facebook page if you want to see where I'm at on what particular days. And in between all of that, I'm going to have a chance to hang out with Travis and Heather Sherry of Extra Pack of Peanuts Podcast. One of the highest rated travel shows on Apple Podcast. Uh, Travis uh, is like the Rick Steves of the new generation. And uh, if you haven't listened to EPOP, as they call it, and you enjoy travel and you're looking for ways to extend your travel budget and how you can get to some of the greatest places on earth, you need to check out Extra Pack of Peanuts. Uh, Travis and Heather are both craft beer fans, and we're going to go uh, check out some of their favorite breweries around the Philadelphia area. They've invited me to hang out with them for a couple of days, and so I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, you've got that to look forward to in shows in the upcoming weeks. But you all know, I've been to a lot of breweries this year, and I've had the pleasure of visiting so many great places. But one that really kind of stuck out, and I have great hopes for it, is right here in Missouri, in Kansas City. And it's the newest brewery that I visited all year. It was less than a year old. Matter of fact, when I stopped in to see them, they had only been open for about four months. 
Strange Days Brewing Company, and we'll have that interview coming up here in just a bit. Also in What's the Rumpus? Freelance journalist Tony Rehagen has a report on the new and growing trend in craft brewing, non-alcoholic beer. And I think we can all agree the N.A. beer market needs a little bit of help. But first, let's travel back in time to July, about 120 miles to the west on I-70, to the barbecue capital of the world, the city of fountains, the jazz capital of the Midwest, the Paris of the Plains, and the birthplace of Hall of Fame baseball manager Casey Stengel. Let's go to Kansas City, Missouri. And now we head on down the road with the Bruce Traveler. Where will the highway take us this week? Where will we lift a pint and who will we meet? Let's find out. Now first, before you listen to this interview, there are a few things that I must tell you to put everything in perspective. Now, I was told about this little startup brewery by two different friends of mine. Our local television meteorologist, Mr. Zach Paul, who is a high school buddy of one of the owners, and Andy Fechtel of Fechtel Distributing, our local craft beer distributor, who probably has more insight on the craft beer market in Missouri than anyone. And both of these guys said that Strange Days Brewing in the River Market area of KC is a new place to watch. Now first, I had misplaced this recording. Normally, as soon as I get a recording finished, I put it on my external hard drive, and there I've got it, and it's there. But this time, I couldn't find it, and I didn't know what I'd done with it. And I remembered, I thought we had a pretty good time while I was there. Uh, And then last week, I was getting ready for this next week's trip, and I started going through a duffel bag that I'd used on that trip in July, and there was this thumb drive. Now, I didn't, I was like, I wonder what's on this, so I plugged it into the MacBook, and boom, there it was. I found the interview. So that's why this show isn't produced until now, six months after it was recorded. And I think maybe the reason that I put it on the thumb drive instead of the external hard drive was because, secondly, the day I was there was also the day I recorded the Brews and Bites episode, that's episode number nine, with Kyle Hopkins of Boulevard Brewing. And when I was leaving Boulevard, I picked up a couple of four-packs of their specialty IPA, The Calling. And it's a really, it's a really good IPA. It, it really is. And uh, so, I, it was a Tuesday. Strange Days wasn't open. Uh, they don't open on Tuesday nights. I drove over to their parking lot, and Chris said, I'll come down to the brewery, and I'll meet you, and we'll talk. And so, while I was waiting for Chris, I was sitting there inside the RV, I First, I walked around the neighborhood a little bit, and then I drank a couple of uh, the callings while I was there waiting for him. And now he gets there, and they unlock the doors, and uh, and we go in, and besides the two boulevards that I had put down while I was in the, in the truck, uh, we then drank a couple of pints before I even started recording this episode. And uh, you'll soon see in a moment... Um, yeah, yeah, you can tell it. The, this interview is probably a little less structured than most that I put together, and I think you'll pick that up as soon as you start listening. And thirdly, Chris and his partner Nate were kind enough to give me permission to crash in, in the RV, and not literally crash, even crash out, you know, on the parking lot, so I was able to, uh, you know, sleep there for the night. Uh, the great thing about visiting breweries in an RV is as long as they're accommodating, 
you've got a place to sleep off your buzz. So thanks, guys, for the temporary accommodations. Well, that's enough explanation. Let's get on with it. Here it is, Chris Beyer, Nate Howard, and the beer tender extraordinaire, Miss Kristen Fitzgerald of Strange Days Brewing. And this is coming to you with limited editorial interruptions. And here it is, your interview of the week. So March 3rd, you just opened up. Yes. March 3rd. How's, how's it going? Great. It's feel like we've been open for like two years, it feels like. Um, I've talked to some people that have been here, and uh, they they say it's, you know, you, you've got a really vibrant thing going on the weekends. You, you're, 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 you're hopping. Yeah, we've been pretty lucky with the EPL games, English Premier League, mm-hmm. and going right into uh, the World Cup that's been going on right now. So, uh, are you a soccer fan, or just... Yeah, it. we're all kind of soccer fans. Yeah. And then uh, the, the KC... Um, Sporting KC? Sporting KC. Can't go it! Yeah, so you get a lot of their followers to come here? Um, we get a little bit of their followers that come. Um, they kind of have a setup right now yeah. at another place. but uh, set up on Grand? Uh, down the Power Might. Yeah, yep. right there. I saw it. It said, the only <coughs> pub for no, Sporting KC. Right. Yeah. So they go there right now, but we, we do get a lot of them in here, like right. during non-sporting games. Right. They'll come in and drink beers. So, so what did you European, do? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of European games. What did you do before this? Non-beer related? Is that what you're asking? Whatever. Uh, for how, me, how'd you get here? So, for me and Alec, who's not here tonight, we started brewing in 2014 for my wife's and I wedding. Um, and I know about halfway through, once we actually started doing the wedding brews. Uh, Nate joined us. And Nate, you've been brewing for about ten years. Yeah, ten years. So his creativity and experience kind of added to um, to the wedding brews, and had a great time at the wedding. People had a really good time. Um, they liked your beer. They liked our beer, or we assumed they liked it, or maybe they, they were just they drank it, they drank it really fast. They, they, drank, yeah. they didn't tell you it sucked. No, maybe it was just because that was a wedding going on, so they didn't want to be rude, yeah. Uh, but then that following year, we did, in 2015, we did KC Nano Brew Fest, which was down in the stockyards at the time, right by Kemper Arena. Right. Uh, that was our first beer fest one. I think we brought seven beers to that one. Um, and one of the ones that highlighted that festival that we bring back to the tap room from time to time is our Mexican IPA. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a big hit. Okay, tell festival. me about Mexican IPA. I'll let Nate jump into that because he was one of the brew it. Tell yeah. me about Mexican IPA. Yeah, so it's a standard American IPA, um, but it uh, uses um, jalapeno and lime peel. Um, infuses that, so it's kind of this nice fusion between Mexican cuisine and um, American IPA. Um, and it just worked really well, and it was a really interesting beer that people kind of got behind pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, we did just recently was our, uh, that just went offline was our uh, Peruvian Goza. Um, and that was another one they kind of came up with. Um, I can't remember. So, it was Peruvian, yeah, Peruvian chilies and lime. So you're the mad scientist. The mad scientist, yeah. They're, well, <laughs> I wouldn't, not, I'm not really the scientist. I'm kind of just the mad one. Um, and then I think um, Alec has the more science. Uh, our third person who's not here is more the science person. I'm just kind of the one that comes up with ideas and, um, hope that they work out most of the time. They, they usually do. 
for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so since March third, how many different kinds of beer ballpark have you guys brewed? I'd say twenty. Yeah. I think we've done twenty in the tap room so far at ballpark. And what's the big hit? <clears throat> what's the home run? The one that we've been going through the fastest when we have it on is the Surreal IPA. Okay. Um, and that one's a it's a four hop IPA. So it has Warrior and the Bittering Hop. And it's got Ariana, Zaka, and Eureka. So it pulls a nice, like, piney, a little bit of juiciness. Okay. Uh, not overly bitter, like a harsh bitter IPA. No. So it's a really How many IBUs? You got an IBU? 72. Okay. Yep. And uh, ABV? Uh, it fluctuates. It's usually 6.5 to 6.8, somewhere in that okay. ballpark. Yep. So okay. it's not, not too intense. But So you guys, uh, 100% of your sales are on. So are you doing crowlers or growlers or anything? Yeah, we're doing 16-ounce uh, cans to go, as Kristen's showing everybody on the podcast. Price is right. Price is yeah. right style. Um, Kristen, show them what they can get if they come down to the brewery. Get a 16-ounce can. Yeah, okay. I will can it right here. Great. I look super good when I can stuff. I know how to can real well. It does look super... Uh, it's legit, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, you do it right there. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it right there. I'm like, it's good stuff. Getting confident. Yeah. yeah. We're all about presentation around here. So, Chris, and what's your partner's name? Alec. Alec. And Nate. And Nate. The three of you. Yep. Yeah. The, 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 the Trinity. Trinity. Okay. So. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, Nate, where did you learn brewing? Just home brewing? Yeah. Yep. Just on the stovetop. Yeah, cool. most of the time. Which yeah. is what I did, but mm -hmm. I never made anything that anybody else wanted to drink. So, <laughs> and I have a face for radio. So, Chris, what, you were home brewer as well? Yeah, so, yeah, going back to 2014, Alec and I wanted to brew for my wife and I's wedding, so that's, right, that's right. where it started. So, what made you go from being home brewers to this? I'm, I'm, For me, uh, I would say, and, and you may have like a different trigger that kind of made your jump, but for me, it was, I think, after that first beer festival. Uh, I think after Nano Brew Festival, just being out there talking to the festival goers, talking to the other home brewers, um, seeing, I think there was like five or six breweries that were there that used to be home brewers that are now breweries. Um, I think after that, just seeing how much fun it was and how well people were liking our beers it just kind of made sense for us we thought at that time so so i can't ask you what do you make how many barrels you make in a year but so how many barrels have you made like now in what four months uh, well, i think we're on track for what like seven eight hundred yeah probably seven eight hundred for a year i yeah. guess so we've probably done probably done 200 <clears throat> ish without running yeah four yeah times three yeah. six somewhere around there. yeah because yeah. you'll probably make more as you go along yeah, we've been doing a lot of scale up with with the World Cup, and then I think we only have like three weeks in between World Cup and EPL starting back up. So, what'd you say? Your surreal IPA is your number one. It's the not. A, it's not the highest seller, but it's the one that goes the quickest. The quickest. Probably. Okay, what's your highest? Australian. Australian gold. The Australian gold. It's the simplest. What do you think that is? I think it just covers more uh, more customer base. It's, it's a bridge beer. It's an yeah. easy drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. If someone comes in and says, "Hey, I don't drink crap beer. This is a good." beginner's beer 
and it, it's got it's got good flavor. It's got good body. I mean, this one's pulling banana flavors, and I mean, it's it's got it's got good balance to it. So, I met Upslope out in Boulder, Colorado, and their number one is their craft lager. We were just talking Upslope the other day. Yeah. They're great people. Mm -hmm. They really are cool, cool guys. A ski bum, a dirtbag rock climber, and an immigrant from immigrant brewer from Argentina. That sounds like Colorado to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, <coughs> they, they're, they're just cool guys. They really are. I mean, it's like, like, Sounds kind of like us. Three, three is a good number, yeah. I think, normally well, for, think, for this kind of thing. You know what I think? I mean, it takes one guy to take care of the operations, the front of the house. It takes one guy to do the brewing in the back of the house, and it takes one guy to figure out how to sell it. I mean, it's, that's what I'm seeing with a lot of I just was in Bent Paddle up in Duluth two weeks ago, and it's two couples, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, one guy's the brewmaster, the other guy's the marketing, one wife is the front, and the other wife, she does all the social media and online and marketing and all that stuff. Huh. So, yeah, that's, they're great. that's a great little brewery up there. I mean, well, little, they're regional now. I think they did 17,000 barrels <coughs> last year. Yeah. They've been only, they've only been going for four years, so the name Strange Days. Do you want to take it? Yeah, uh, sure. Don't hold. I mean, back. I, no, I, no, can, no, I, I can I can take it too. Just, no, no, it's a uh, it's mostly like just um, an acknowledgement of kind of the times we're living in. Yeah, right. um, I think that's pretty pretty clear, straightforward. If you know if you. I'm, old, I'm older than you guys, and I'm going to tell you what, I've never seen anything this footballed up. Right. Yeah, I mean, if we have the. Yeah. I was in high school during Nixon, and it wasn't like this. Right. This is freaky. Crazy. So if you pop on the TV, I think it's pretty clear. Um, yeah, that it's a little a, a little funky. We wanted um, beer to. The craft beer community is kind of like a nice oasis from the strange days, and it's kind of like people come here and kind of get away from it for a little bit and have a good time and all that. So that was kind of uh, mostly what Strange Days was. It also has roots back to uh, the Doors album, if you, uh, but that's just kind of where it was planted in the head. There but a, um, the, one of the Beatles had a song too called Strange Days when he left the group. Post editorial comment. Of course I knew it was John Lennon. But I suffer from alcohol Alzheimer's. Sometimes I forget things when I've been drinking. I think it was John. I think John. Yeah, John was the first one. He was It was John or George. Uh huh. It was John or George. Anyway. Yeah. That's neither. So that's kind of yeah. That's kind of the that's kind of the roots behind it. Mostly just we wanted something that kind of represented something a little bit different, and then kind of what our philosophy was on what we wanted this place to be. I love your facade. That's that's really cool. Who did that? Um. It's so it's a artist. He lives in. Denver right now. He's a Kansas City guy. Mm -hmm. His name is uh, Layden Galicia. He's um, he went to the KC Art Institute. Um, does street art. Um, super talented. Um, so he he painted that. We happened to have a mutual connection. Um, so and all that is. I mean, I think we just gave him a photo of what we wanted. That's all spray paint. No kidding. Freehand. Yeah. And he was. It was all. Yeah, everything was freehand. He was. He was honestly on a like a cherry picker like bobbling up and down in the wind and like he just he didn't yeah he did he, he he did literally on just a like a printed piece of paper wrote it down and then got the proportions right and then just went after it 
it's, yeah, it's, it's really yeah, it really, it really stands out. It definitely draws people in for sure. Catch people's eyes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you drive down that way, you're definitely gonna uh, see it. <laughs> yeah, we, you, you see the eye. Yeah. We've had a few people actually come to the brewery because they were driving down the road, saw it, and actually you turned and mm-hmm. came back around. So could I? I want to yeah. try something else. Well, I had the saison. You had the saison. Saison. Under the dark side, try to screw it. What kind? Tell me about the bread. Uh, so that's gonna, be, that's gonna be the same base beer as the uh, Szechuan, um, but instead of uh, the lemongrass and uh, Szechuan peppercorn, it's gonna have um, oak chips and red wine. Yes, sir. So it's gonna be in that same vein. I will say, a couple did come in here the other day thinking we were a whole yeah, the doors right themed bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, oh, we thought this, like, with the name that, because they asked about the name, and I was like, Doors theme bar. Yeah, yeah. that's what they thought. That's, like pr- that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty niche. <laughs> that pretty, yeah, I was like, oh. That, that, that would be really specific. Everyone want to get this, because I think we're down to what, three things. Cheers. Oh, the bread. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting a little low, unfortunately. What are you drinking, dear? Uh, the Swiss line. Like a double Scout. top chocolate start. It's very It's delicious. a very good dessert beer. Yeah. Got a lot of a lot of malt. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty thick and <clears throat> sweet. And yeah. Because we were getting tons of chocolate notes just from the malt before in we general, had chocolate. And then we had a Swiss chocolate on top of that in the secondary. Nice. And it's like eight eight and a half. Eight and a half percent. It's not super huge, but still. So how big is the brewery itself? The your well, here in front of the house, you got your tap room. How big is uh, how, how many square feet have you got here? The whole building itself that we have is four th- 4,500 square 4, feet. 4,500, and how much of that is brewing beer? 2,500 tap room and about yeah. 2,000 okay. brew house. Yeah, actually, you have 500 for, for restroom, or yeah, that includes yeah. in the tap room. And yeah. we already established that you're probably on course to do 700 barrels this year. Around is there. That, is that yeah. right? Okay. All right. How many beers can you brew at one time? How many different, how many brew lines do you have? We can do we five. five. We have five fermenters. Okay. So we can have five whole at okay. a given time. Yeah, and you got two, two five barrel, three ten barrel fermenters, and then one of those ten barrel fermenters is non glycol. So we do all of our like Belgian beers okay. in that one. Cool. So like the Sejuan and the Daydream, we're in yeah, that. These, both of those beers are fantastic. And so I'd ask you what your portfolio is like, but I think you're still trying to find your feet on that. Yeah, I mean, I think for us is we're looking to have three beers on tap year-round that are always going to be the same or maybe off just a little bit. So the Daydream, Australian Gold, and I think Surreal is what we're looking at to kind of stay. Our episodes <coughs> basically the same beer, but it rotates hops. Okay, um, but that's that one's always. Those on. are your. That's the, the three legs of the stool. Yep. Right. You've been open for four months. How many? How long were you working prior to March to get everything up and going? We started construction on the building. It was last April. April. Yeah. Uh, when we we took the lease. So April. eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven months. Yep. You were working on. It. Yep. Wow. The projected date to open was January twenty eighth. We 
did a couple soft openings at the beginning of the year and then found out we thought we had what we needed to open and very quickly found out we didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but the city helped us out a lot along that process um, to where when we actually opened in March 3rd, it was kind of a blessing disguise for us because we had the March 3rd weekend where we were slammed for opening weekend and then that very next weekend was Big 12 tournament down in Kansas City. So we were slammed for that. And then I think the next Yep. And then the next weekend was St. Patrick's Day plus March Madness. In good weather, we could open the ground. <coughs> yeah, we went a lot, of, a lot of good things coming together. Yeah, we went through, I think, about 50 kegs in the first three weeks. And then we bought a fermenter because we couldn't keep up with Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many, when you opened, how many kegs did you have in inventory ready to go? We had total nine beers on tap. I thought we originally had like 60 or 70 kegs at least. Wow. Uh, yeah, but yeah, nine, right. nine beers on tap. Mm -hmm. And then by week four, we were down to three beers. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to limit the hours. and we had to shut down for a little bit. And then pretty much from like end of March through middle of May, we were pretty much going from like four to six to three to six. And then we finally got back up to nine and the World Cup hit. And it's bonkers again, which is great. It's been it's a lot great. of fun. So we're trying to get, I think, like a few of these beers on tap right now we're down to like the last two kegs so we always try to keep our goal is to keep it between like seven to ten i think at all times yep. um, so we try to brew hard <coughs> and make sure that we can keep up with that what do you got in inventory right now right now we've got so we've got our moroccan wit that'll be coming on soon it's our green tea all right it's a moroccan wit okay tell me about this so it's a, uh, a belgian style wit beer uh, brewed with uh, moroccan mint green tea and orange peel um, so it's really nice kind of refreshing pretty aromatic um, we've also got our the first time we'll debut our um, so our surreal is our ipa we're doing surreal real which is our double ipa um, it's been taking its time. Uh, yeah, it's been taking its time, yeah. And then we've got our IPL, um, so uh, lager, but um, Indy Pale Lager, so hoppy lager. And then an Imperial Pilsner will be our next our next quarter to come on. <clears throat> I think tomorrow we're brewing our Mango Habanero Goza. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take, Kristen. Hot take, Kristen. Spoiler alert. So once you uh, once you take your trip through Wisconsin, just come back. Yeah, except I'm going to Chicago and then I'm going back to cheese skirts. I'm going to Chicago and then I'm going back to going back to Jefferson City. So we'll have to make it another time. Hopefully, we'll still be here. Yeah. So we we rotate a lot, so you'll you'll find something new next time for sure. Well, we, we will still be here, I promise. You'll have so, a job. <laughs> since March 3rd, what's been the worst day? Since March 3rd? The worst. Okay, no. Since like April Tuesday? last year when you got started, what's been the worst day? I can't really picture a day. I think it's just been more of when we've been doing the build-out ourselves. There's been a couple of days where we thought to ourselves we're more a construction company than a brewery. And we even, even on top of that, we actually had a construction company doing the majority of the build-out. Yeah, ten, 10 months of doing construction, or basically 10 months of doing construction without any tangible, like, benefit that we were receiving. Like, there was no positive <coughs> reinforcement. It's all just work, 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 right. work, and stuff that wasn't very, glam wasn't very glamorous. That's the way it is when you're building a 
business. Yeah. yeah, and then not having any of that. Like we got people who were looking through the garage doors and wanted to come in, but we couldn't serve them and things like that. So we weren't getting any sort of like public feedback. It was more just like we were grinding and working and for like ten months of nothing. Like problem. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we, and we all we all believed it, but it was still it was like. I think the one day that sticks still in my mind is when we did the grinding of the brew house floors. Yeah, so that, that was, <laughs> that day sticks in my mind because that was Chiefs Patriots game. Had it on the radio. Didn't have any light back in the brew house, but we had to grind the floors. So we had our flashlights and our phone lights. Because we, we, we blew the power to the. Because we, building. yeah, because we blew the power of the building, and we were grinding floors for the brewery. And I think I remember being down there that day, going through like a stomach bug. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty crazy. There, there was a lot of days like that, and then I mean, um, so Alec and I, who's uh, not here, we did we did two weeks of um, power washing the uh, the brick walls mm-hmm. just to try oh, just to get them to look as pretty as they do now, which is still not, you know, super pretty, but it's... Well, more, basically, you know, not called the loop. Exactly. So and you, dirt, don't, you don't have dust in here. Dirt and mud. And I would go home every day with, like, yeah. um, yep. paint chips in my ears and um, dirt and mud. And the building that our pub is in, 1863. Is that right? Oh, my God. And that old soft brick. And okay. Where were we? Oh, your worst day. What's been the best day? We hired Crystal. <laughs> the day you hired Crystal. That was that was very memorable. Hired Kristen, things changed. Kristen, Kristen, yeah, things changed. The day you hired Kristen. That was that was never, we never looked back. That was the best. I, I think any days where we've just been like, for me personally, like when we've been like really slammed, um, and so like our opening weekend was insane, and then. Like some of our World Cup days have just been surprisingly busy, um, and to me that's like the coolest thing ever. That people, you know, in four months already are flocking here right. and, um, and all that. So. That's fantastic. Yeah, I would say some of our Saturdays during the World Cup, we've had about 110, 120 people in here just watching games. And I feel like the final game is going to be like nuts. off the be, chain. It's going to be crazy. Maybe that'll be the day. So, you know, if it's France and England, England, that'll be in the double. Shiky. That's yeah, going to be, sure. be nuts. It'll be crazy. Business perspective. Oh, yeah. And I think it's cool. It's just cool to see in between, too, like, um, on, Later. like, yeah. <laughs> on social media and things like that, people, <coughs> people talking about, like, this is the destination for yeah. one, of, one of the destinations, maybe not the That's destination, cool. for soccer and also not just that but like beer too in the city and like the fact that we've established that in four months is pretty that's cool pretty 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 cool had icelandic air retweet us a couple times yeah because we had a huge iceland falling like this was the home base for iceland national team is that right that's what the posters because there was what the one-way ticket yep the direct direct flights from oh there it is i I couldn't see it and then we had yeah we had 30 probably 30 Iceland fans in for one game, which is just ridiculous for Kansas City to have a watch party of Iceland soccer fans. Yeah. Some, some Viking refugees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> We're here for them. Yep. 
Okay, so you've only been open three going on four months. What's been the biggest challenge? Everything. <laughs> honestly, that client. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would say for us, for the longest time, was just getting a rhythm of yeah. yeast ordering and grain and hops when we're going through this beer so fast. Because when we Logistics, built, yeah. yeah, when we built our business plan, it was, oh, we'll brew twice a week every other week and we're brewing twice a week almost every week it seems like so trying to get the, the trying to get, to, trying to get the, the, the ingredients yeah, yeah. down of when they're going to show up and right. knowing how to anticipate like how often to staff people and things like that because that's been a we've had kind of weird a weird written there besides you three guys how many how many employees do you have uh, 10 11 total yeah yeah you've got 10 or 11 that's in the Got like ten beer tenders, and then like one that's like dedicated back in the brew house helping. Who's your best beer tender? Bye, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who's here right now. Kristen's like, so. Kristen's like, I would like to answer that question. <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I feel like we all honestly everybody's bring everyone's our different little something yeah. to the table. Yep, everyone's we're super happy with everyone. I feel we like with the like the overall brand identity too of like strange days i feel with just the name alone the like the employees overall being drawn into that kind of helped fit the realm you guys were trying to go into um of just like weird and unique and kind of quirky i feel like that kind of describes everybody that works here we have a funky mix of people for sure. Um, all different backgrounds, some very corporate, some very Kristen, some very, um, I mean, <laughs> just you know, all sorts of different, cool. different parts. So it's got, very, yeah, yeah. It's we're and everyone comes in and like just works hard and um, has fun when they're here. I, I, I think that's one of the, probably one of the best things we've done so far is who we've hired. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's more talking to a customer about the right. beer and the experience and instead of high volume turn of just throwing beers out there. And there you go. Right. So what's coming down the line? I think we talked about this a little bit, but you got the habanero. Yeah, so um, tomorrow we're brewing the mango habanero goza. Um, we've done three goza so <coughs> far, so this will be kind of a, a spinoff of that. Um, we are, I said that, the IP, I the I IPL. No, huh? They went. They went a lot faster than we expected. Yeah. The um, and we realized we needed to put one. We weren't originally planning to brew that one tomorrow, but we realized we needed to kind of have that one back on, especially for summer, right. being that it's such a good summer beer. Right. So we got the IPL, um, the uh, double pilsner, the uh, surreal real, and then we're gonna start. One of the things that is fun that we'll start doing is uh, barrel aging beers. We just got in. Um, Really? Rum, bourbon, maple syrup, bourbon, and we'll be getting in tequila barrels soon. So that'll be that that'll be kind of our new one of our new things that we start doing. So. Well, guys, I'm gonna have to come back in about six months and see how you're doing. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no shortage of uh, reasons to come to KC. I always like to end these interviews with the lightning round. Let's, let's, there's, there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. 
but since this is Strange Days Brewing, these are strange things that may have happened in history, true or false. Okay? Any screen out if you think you have an answer. Number one, riots broke out in September of 1922 over whether straw or felt hats should be worn. True. True. False. true. No, it's true. <laughs> Come on, fashion person. I know You're the fashion person. <laughs> During World War II, Russians trained bomb-carrying dogs to run under German tanks, but since the dogs were trained using Russian tanks, they ran under them instead. False, I'll say waiting on me. You want to be the contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so elaborate. I feel like it has to be true. It is true. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I know. For some reason, I thought it was the other way around. Those Germans. No, the Russians did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Who would have thought? George Handel, the famous German composer who did Messiah, and Jimi Hendrix both lived on the same block but 200 years apart. True. False. False. True it is. <laughs> You're on fire. Kristen's got two. You guys each have one. Number four. A speculative run on buying tulip bulbs wrecked the Dutch economy in 1637. True. 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 Yeah. That's right. It's true. Now y'all are just following me. I'm not. <laughs> and number You're five. faster. Number five, the last question. In 1788, during the Austro-Turkish War, the Austrian army attacked itself during a battle in Romania, killing more than 10,000 men. True. True. False. It is true. <laughs> so, let's, let, let's see. Chris, how many did you have right? Three, maybe? Yeah. Kristen, you had four. Uh, I definitely yeah, won. I you I only won. missed the first one. You were, and you only had three. So, Kristen's the winner. Dun, 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 Not even I'm the stand-in for Alex. So hey. Alex won. So thanks, guys. Thanks for taking time and uh, sitting down with the Bruce Traveler and talking. And uh, I will. I'll come back in six months and see how you're doing. Cheers. 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 And your kombucha. Well, here it is, six months after the interview on one of the hottest days in July in Kansas City. And now we're having some of the coldest weather we've had all year. And I've got him on the phone. Chris Beyer of Strange Days Brewing. Chris, how are you doing after all this time? Oh, fantastic. Living the dream still. I, I, is everything going well? Zach tells me you're doing fine, uh, but I need to get over and check out what's, uh, what's going on with you guys because we had such a great time that evening. Yeah, we're doing great. We're, uh, we just opened about three weeks ago, started uh, Monday nights, um, added another night to us. Um, I'm actually headed down to the brewery right now for the – we're doing a private event, or it's actually a public event, but we normally don't open on Wednesdays. We got the Kansas City Cauldron, which is the supporters group for Sporting KC, and Timbers Army, which is the supporters group from Portland, are wow. down at the brewery tonight, so, eating, eating, hanging out. Wow. So now the this uh, these Timbers Portland, uh, are these guys that live in Kansas City, or are they from Portland and they follow the team? No, they're from Portland and they follow the team. It's, oh. Uh, these, these supporters groups, they are diehards, and they, they travel all over the place. Absolutely. I know, man. It's, uh, there's nobody, you know, you, they say that European soccer fans are, uh, are, are exuberant. Uh, 
American soccer fans are just as just as enthusiastic. The only thing is there's not as many of them, but they're what what their numbers lack, they make up for in enthusiasm. So that's continued for you guys. You're still kind of the one of the hangouts for the KC uh, Sporting KC followers. Yeah, so Sporting KC, we get a, uh, a good following uh, down the brewery. Uh, we have uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, which is one of the oh, yeah. Premier League. Uh, that's their our our brewery's own base for them. So we we've, we've got them. We've got Manchester United. We got Crystal Palace that all all hang out down there. So cool. Uh, got a good following on the the soccer crowd. So we uh, we've able now that we've gone through from our last interview six months ago, we've actually been able to have the time to breathe and do a little bit more brewing, uh, having a little bit more fun with our brewing. So um, I take it I take it you've got some inventory built up finally. I know that was a concern for you at the time. It <laughs> it seemed like you were selling it as fast as you could get it in a keg. Yeah, I think finally once we got through the World Cup, we uh, we were finally able to breathe. I think we went through, I want to say the month of June or July, we went through about 80 kegs of beer. Nice. That's, that's so great. That was, uh, yeah, that I, was a lot of fun. I'm I'm so happy for you guys. You know, I travel all around and I go to big breweries, but I really what gives me a lot of satisfaction is talking to you guys uh, that have just started out that are a year, maybe two years old, and you guys are growing and, and you're having fun. And it's great to see uh, people uh, follow their dream and succeed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear everything's going well for you. Yeah, doing great. We actually, uh, as we've been improving – and uh, kind of moving through this process, we've actually brought on a brewer, uh, originally from Kansas City, but lived a lot of his years out in Oregon, between brewing in three or four different breweries in Bend, Oregon, and then a couple in Colorado. And when we come back to Kansas City, and the timing worked out for both of us, both parties. So fabulous, it's been great. So Nate, uh, Nate, still with you? Yeah, yeah. So he's still helping out the brewery. Okay. Um, down and that- there, and then Alan. Alec as well. So. Right. I didn't get to meet Alec, but I hope to next time we come through. Uh, how about uh, the young uh, Miss Kristen Fitzgerald? Oh, she is there having a blast <laughs> serving beer. So she, she's having a great time. She's actually helping us as well on uh, some graphic design um, components. So she's, she's got a really good graphic design mind. Well, so. she, she, you can tell, you can tell she's a very creative and artistic person. She was just a joy. Hey, well, so what else is coming up for strange days here in the next few weeks or months? So for us starting to build a lot of activities and events and stuff through our uh, tap room. So one thing that we're trying to focus on now that we were able to get a good handle on things is either every month or every other month we try and do, um, an event, a fundraising event for a nonprofit in the area, uh, helping, Strangers Helping Strangers event. Okay. Um, this Sunday, we are doing uh, the Veterans Community Project uh, based out of Kansas City. So they make those uh, tiny homes for, uh, for veterans. Right. Um, and what we're doing, we're actually closing down the parking lot and having a couple of the homes placed in the parking lot so people can see them. Uh, people can hang out in the parking lot and have beers, and then from noon to close that day, for every full beer that we serve, a dollar is going back to them. We're actually going to have a lot of raffle items, uh, Oakland Chiefs watch parties, so at halftime we're going to announce all the winners of that. So we we got some really great items from the Chiefs, Sporting, uh, some of the beer community, uh, some of uh, Union Station, some of the great places here that are donating stuff for the raffles. So with all that money going to them as well. So Well, that's fantastic. 
Chris, I wish you guys all the best, and I plan on trying to get by there sometime in the spring when I'm back out on the road some more often. Good luck, and I'm glad to hear things are going well. Uh, you know, the first year's the hardest in any new business, and it sounds like you guys are giving it a hell of a good try. Yes, definitely let us know if you can make it out. Uh, March 3rd weekend's our uh, Your anniversary. anniversary party, and I think we're going to have some barrel-aged beers ready and... Uh, fun parties going on that weekend. So. Well, let me just put that in the calendar right now. I'll try to be there. I'll get the details from you later on. Mr. Chris Byer, Strange Days Brewing, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Chris, thanks again so much. Tell Nate and tell Kristen I said hello, and we'll see you somewhere down the road very soon. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. Strange Days Brewing is located in the River Market area of Kansas City, Missouri at 316 Oak Street. Their hours are Thursday and Friday, 3 to 10, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., Sunday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Monday, 4 to 9 p.m. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, at Strange Days Beer, or check out the website, strangedaysbrewing.com. Hey, ha, da, 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 yeah, ha, hey, on scale What's the rumpus? Now it's time for What's the Rumpus with Tony. What's going on in the world of craft brewing? So, coming to us almost live from St. Peter's, Missouri, freelance journalist Tony Rehagen. How are you, Tony? Doing well, Alan. Yourself? I'm doing much better, thank you. Uh, Good. <laughs> last couple of weeks I had a doozy of a sinus infection, but uh, it's cleared up. Good, Knock, Good. knock on great. wood. That's the sound of my hollow skull. Anyway, <laughs> how you been? Good Thanksgiving? Not too bad. Yeah, real good Thanksgiving. Real good Thanksgiving. Just been uh, been on the road a lot, but uh, but yeah, it was good to get to catch up with family. Did you guys go up to Iowa? We did. We went to Des Moines. Okay. Uh, didn't have a chance, I guess, to stop by Exile. I didn't stop by Exile, but I got some Exile. Uh, I got their uh, I got their session IPA. Yeah. Zoltan, and then uh, I stopped by the Confluence uh, Brewery there. Okay. And uh, and picked up some uh, some some good uh, some good beer. I had their uh, their barrel aged porter with. Uh, it was in molasses, uh, pomegranate molasses, and Ooh. it was fantastic. Ooh, pomegranate yeah. molasses. That's got me fascinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a nice, it's got a nice sweet finish, but it has that deep, rich, kind of viscous uh, barrel age. And like I said, the porter was not quite as thick as a stout, but it was, it was damn tasty. Mm, sounds like it. How about the roads? Everything good on that? Yeah, yeah, real good. I'm, I'm heading to, uh, I'm heading to uh, San Jose next weekend, and then uh, Charlotte the weekend after that. So I'll have plenty of chance to explore great so i'm heading you're you're not going to be very happy with me when i tell you this uh monday i'm going to uh broad ripple ah killing me on my way to philadelphia nice you're going to the broader brew pub yeah going to the brew pub i've already fantastic yeah i've got uh i got set up in an interview with uh, billy over there and then that'll be fantastic right and then going to east end brewing in pittsburgh on my way to Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, where I'm going to do a guest appearance on travel podcast, uh, Extra Pack Peanuts. So oh, that's fantastic. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, as long as the weather holds up. So there we go. That's have, always yeah. the case. Anyway, what have you got for us this week? Well, I got a news flash. Uh, a big, big news. I love beer. <laughs> and I love whiskey and I love drinking. And, and I think uh, you'll be you'll agree with me on that. But the other thing I love, independent of these things, um, people may not understand it. I love bars. 
Um, I love the atmosphere. I love just sitting at the stool at the, at the bar, bellying up, looking in the mirror, talking to the bartender and everything that comes with it. Um, and if there ever came a time, uh, and there have been like short periods, but like if there was a permanent time where I couldn't or shouldn't be drinking alcohol, I think I'd still want to go to be part of the pub. You know, I want to be part of the, whether it's the brew pub or, you know, the, the, the local or whatever. Um, especially now, you know, so many of your family friendly, so many, so much is happening there. Uh, with the craft beer craze, you're getting more interest in in just kind of being there. Uh, there, you know, games, the smoking restrictions, uh, improving, you know, food menus. You you can walk in there without smelling like an ashtray, um, and it's becoming a hub, you know, for just for for people again, you know, just like it used to right. be. Um, and but part of that, you know, is again, uh, and this is happening all over the place, is having an option for non-drinkers. Now that could be soda or tea or you know water or whatever. But the other option is, of course, non-alcoholic beer, um, and that technically is anything under 0.5% ABV, so it's not completely alcohol-free. Um, they call it small beer, near beer, NA beer um, during Prohibition. Right. But, you know, it's, it's existed since medieval times because, as you, as you point out pr- pretty frequently, that it's always been an alternative to contaminated water, and if you don't want to get messed up, right. a little bit of alcohol will do the trick. Um and I, I believe, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, are European that, uh, you know, in Germany and Poland where, you know, pubs are, have always been such a central part of life. And so as beer. Um, and I, I think uh, Pat over at uh, Stag's had mentioned that they had an N.A. Uh, even on tap at right. one point. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're only used to four or five percent anyway. But the problem there's been the big problem here in the U.S. with the N.A. beer. And you know what that problem is. Right. They taste like. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that because I've never tasted. Uh, but... <laughs> well, no, no comment there. But yeah, uh, no, yeah, they're just. There's not a lot of backbone. It's kind of like decaf coffee. I mean, yeah, kind of tastes like coffee, and in a beer way, well, yeah, kind of tastes like beer. But there's something missing, like the spirit well, of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, that is, then, and the, the problem is, is because they're, they've been made one or two ways. They're either you stop the fermentation early. Um, which basically changes the taste because you don't get all the effects of what that happened during fermentation, or you wait till it's all done and you just boil the alcohol off, which I mean, literally burns away the, the, the flavor. Right. Um, and so basically you have, it's either too sweet, it's too watery, it has a bad aftertaste and it doesn't taste or feel like beer. Um, but now, uh, you know, as we advance in technology, uh, there have been several, uh, you know, microbrews, craft breweries that that go that have been going into non-alcoholic brewery. And one of them actually is located here in Maryland Heights, uh, not far from where I live. Uh, it's said to be the, and as far as I can find, it's true, the first brewery that's completely dedicated to non-alcoholic brewing. Um, started by a guy here who start, stopped drinking at the age of 24, and he still liked live music, and he worked in the beer and alcohol marketing industry, and he decided to go and start uh, started a non-alcoholic brewery. And wow. the technology, his, the, the ability to do this, and what this is what they say, the technology, and this is not, he's not the only one that does this, but basically they take, they take a fully brewed and finished craft beer, um, and they have like an amber and they have, uh, you know, a wheat, uh, they, uh, are, their, are their main beers. Um, they put it into a vacuum, which lowers the boiling point, uh, and that allows them to kind of gently, as they, they use the term gently, quote, remove the alcohol. And the finished product kind of has the body and the smell and the crispness of a fully brewed beer. This is what they essentially what they say on their on their label. Of course, I am an intrepid reporter, and I do the research for you, Alan. Right. I go out there and I, I I do this, and I've tasted it myself, and it's actually not not bad at all. It's got um it's got I have their dark amber, 
and it's got it's got the the crispness it's got that that amber feel to it but the other thing that and it's got you know you notice it when you pour it in a glass it's got the lacing that some beers have right good beers have and the big thing that you don't that it really has is that mouth feel it feels like you have beer in your mouth when you're drinking it um it doesn't taste as good as beer and you know it it does obviously doesn't give you the buzz um but they've got different beers and using that technique. They've got, you know, across the country, there are NA IPAs. They have NA stouts, which I would love to try, but they don't have one locally. Um, and they've, they've, it's really kind of taken up, taken up, taken up wind in, in the country. In fact, fortune magazine says that even the big boys are obviously, of course, as soon as the craft beer people get into it, the big boys get into it. Absolutely. Uh, and AB, AB uh, predicts that worldwide their non-alcoholic beers will constitute 20% of their sales by 2025. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's right. Because um, what we're seeing is uh, beverage daily had this, that 84% of people who drink are looking to drink less alcohol. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. Generation Z is consuming less overall right. uh, and a lot less beer. Um, there are people that, you know, are recovering from, you know, pro- addiction problems, um, not just alcohol, but any, any addiction problems. They want you to stay away from alcohol. Um, some older people don't want to mix it with their medication. Uh, people want to, you know, they want to drive, <laughs> Uh, uh, and obviously the laws are, are more rightfully so are more strict about drinking and driving. Sure. Um, and some people just don't want to get drunk. And but the big thing obviously is they want to watch their calories. They want to, you know, so much of calories is beer is the alcohol itself. Right. Uh, and this well, this well-being beer is 68 calories total and just 12 grams of carbs, which is like basically the, Holy essentially cow. The, yeah, yeah. the amount of a slice of bread. Yeah. So what's the name of the brewery? The brewery is uh, Wellbeing, Well-being Brewing Company. Wellbeing Brewing yep. in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Yep, and I'm drinking their Hellraiser Dark Amber. Hmm. And it's, it's not bad. It's, 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 it'll work. I'll probably I'll probably I'll probably wash it down with a with the stout after this. <laughs> it's, it's still pretty. It's still pretty good. And like I said, I'd like the option because I always want to be able to go to the pub and you know if, if God forbid I ever had to just kind of give it up, I you know I'd still want. And the, the other thing is you would keep people from asking questions, you know, like right. you can just pour well, it in the pint. Right. It's got the lacing. Right. And st- nobody's going to ask like, Tony, what's wrong with you? Why aren't well, you drinking, why aren't beer? You drinking a beer? Yeah. Right. Peer you, pressure. People, well, and for people like you and me, they, they would notice our friends would definitely notice. So how long have these guys been in business? Uh, just a couple of years, a couple of okay. years, they've, they've started making an imprint. And like I said, there are a couple other breweries around, but you can find this stuff uh, in the St. Louis metro area and then they will. Sh- they, so they they're, will... they distributing in bottles or cans in the St. Louis metro area both yeah okay. you can find yeah so it, I, I found some in, at schnooks actually just in the local schnooks here. okay well that's good i mean that we have an alternative and uh yeah. if there's one thing that you know being in the bar business as long as i have been i agree with what you said at the top of this segment about you know it's a convivial place it's a place where people like to hang out and you know get together and the more variety you have uh for potential customers the better your business is going to be and really I mean, the NA beer market in the United States has been pretty bad for a long time. I mean, it really has. Uh, what's that? We had O'Doul's and we had Sharps mm-hmm. and then Heineken had Buckler and Guinness for a while had Caliber. And, uh, Buck- That's right. Yeah, Buckler and Caliber were had a little more flavor, but still, you know, they were never going to stand up to a beer. I'm, I'm interested in trying some of these uh, well-being brews then. Absolutely. Well, maybe we can, we can schedule a visit or I, I can scroll some away for you. Yeah, let's, uh, we will. We will in the spring. Uh, we'll start getting out on the road together. By the way, you're doing a, um, a recall of all of your beer adventures on your Instagram account this week. Isn't that right? Yeah, you basically, I, I, I got 
I, I was annoying friends with taking pictures of my beer from the road all year long, but now I'm just doing a year end review and saying, screw it. And, and kind of putting the stories with, cause it's not just the beers, but it's like, you know, the experience you have with them. Right. But yeah. I've got a bunch of these on my, on my phone anyway. So I'm, I'm basically my year in beer, uh, is running on my Instagram. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, I t- well, what, what is that uh, address? It's, T-R-E-H-A-G-E-N-7-9. So T-R-E-H-A-G-E-N-79. I'll put on that Instagram. up on the Facebook page, and I'll go over there, and I'll uh, retweet some of your beers, too. So anyway, T-R-E-H-A-G-E-N-79 over on Instagram. I'll put a link to it on the Facebook page. Tony Rehagen, thanks for taking some time out of your evening to talk with us, and appreciate the insights. Always a pleasure, Alan. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Uh-huh. been listening to the bruise traveler follow us on facebook twitter and instagram or check out our blog on website thebruisetraveler.com cheers so that's it kids thanks again for listening follow us on facebook and instagram at the bruise traveler podcast subscribe on apple Podcasts that used to be itunes and listen like and share give us a glowing review and a five-star rating it is so greatly appreciated The musical soundtrack for The Bruise Traveler is graciously provided by our friends Gaelic Storm. They'll be back out there after the first of the year, and you can find out where they're going to be by checking them out at GaelicStorm.com. Marketing consultation provided by Mission Digital Marketing. I'm on the road next week, and so if you want to know where I'm going, you need to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be putting up uh, my itinerary as I go along. If I don't see you at your favorite tap room, I'll see you right back here on the podcast. Remember, take care of each other, take care of the earth. It's everything we've got. And of course, as always, Merrily, you are the measure of my dreams. Thanks again, folks, and so long for just a while.
comes a time in every man's life, and I've had plenty of them. Casey Stingle, the old professor. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame manager for the New York Yankees and New York Mets. Born July 30th, 1890, Kansas City, Missouri. Died September 29th, 1975, Glendale, California.